truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today. I know. I know. Dry your eyes. Steve's not here. It's okay. I have no idea where he is. And I almost care. I just know that I'm here. So welcome to the Blaze Radio, Blaze Television, Blaze Podcast, the entire Blaze Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Listen, we got a lot to do. I am, I should introduce myself if you don't know. I'm Jeff Fisher. Hello. Host of Chewing the Fat Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I almost said available wherever free podcasts are sold. And I guess I'm not supposed to say that anymore. So, okay, that's fine. You can just subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you choose, and turn that frown upside down with your subscription to Chewing the Fat. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. So there's a whole bunch to get to today. I mean, we have uh, Hurricane Delta getting ready to make landfall. We've got uh, Trump wanting and cringing to get out of that White House. He's saying that he's going to uh, you know, hold a rally this weekend in Florida. The naysayers, the COVID-19 naysayers don't want that to happen. I have a, a great idea. I, well, I think it's a great idea for our president. Now, he wants to do these rallies. He already said he didn't want to do the debate coming up on the 15th. And he said, I don't want to do it virtually. They're going to do it virtual. We're not going to do it. It's not worth it. Mr. President, hold a rally and do the virtual debate from the rally. There's no law that says you have to do the virtual debate from your closet at the White House. Let Joe Biden be in his basement and you do it virtually from a rally. That way you get the audience. I mean, it would be awesome. So please rethink that. Say you're going to do it and just tell people, show up. Your your crowd will be there. Do the debate with your live audience virtually from the rally. Please, that would be great. I hope someone, I know that he's, uh, he apparently is uh, sitting in on the Rush Limbaugh show today. Maybe someone will call and ask him. I don't know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to make that happen. It'd be a good platform for him to make it happen. And we have, uh, and we have other Washington, D.C. news that is uh, agonizing as usual. But Hurricane Delta is uh, getting ready to uh, make landfall. And you can uh, see by some of the uh, the pictures that we have of the tracking of the storm, it is headed for, well, Louisiana is most likely going to be where landfall is. It's, uh, you know, the cone of death is, uh, you know, a wide swath, but it's looking to make that landfall in Louisiana again. Uh, they've been hammered. They're still not even picked up from Laura. And now Delta is making the... Uh, Louisiana, a good landing point. It's a Category 3. It probably will be a 2 maybe when it makes landfall, but it'll it'll make a 3. It's going to do some serious damage. And we know that uh, Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel is in St. Martin Parish. So if you are in uh, anywhere near that, uh, I guess it's the Bro Bridge, uh, B-R-E-A-U-X Bridge in St. Martin Parish, uh, that's where he's at, or that's where he was this morning. Uh, if you're anywhere close to that, it's too late. You should have already left. Jim shows up in your neighborhood, you should have already left. 
So just hunker down. And good luck and God bless. And I hope everyone makes it through safely. Uh, I know Mercury One will be there. They have been there uh, already helping uh, with the uh, the reconstruction of everything uh, after Laura. So they'll be there again. You can go to mercuryone.org and uh, donate if you if you want to help. Um, you know, or you can donate your time if you don't have the money. But they'll be there helping after this. Uh, I know that uh, you know St. Martin Parish and that, that entire area is just. This is, I think, the fourth storm this year. Uh, and we're already into the, uh, you know, the second round of names for hurricanes. <laughs> Damn climate change, man. There has never been storms hit the, the Gulf Coast of, of the United States ever before. <laughs> Boy, we couldn't have that. That would be just outlandish. And I know that's what, uh, you know, the world is talking about. But when you look at all the polls, uh, nobody really cares about climate change. Uh, you know, the the top five things that they poll that people care about is, A, the economy, or number one. Uh, number two, terrorism, national security. Three is education. Four is health care. Five is crime. Is that climate change on that list? No, it's not. No, it is not on that list. In fact... Climate change is way down the list. Only about, uh, I don't know, 20-some percent of the people actually rate that as what they care about first and foremost uh, on their list of the election coverage. We have, you know, look, I don't want to get, <laughs> I feel like, look, uh, the election is, what, three weeks away, and we have the debates. We had the vice presidential debate earlier this week. And we're looking for, I hope, that President Trump takes my advice and does the virtual debate from a rally. Um, I hope that happens. But is it really changing anyone's mind? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, uh, I, I know that we're supposed to be concerned about the, uh, you know, the the undecideds. Um, I don't know that the debates help. You know, if you're undecided by now, I don't know that the debates help. Yeah, I like to see them, and they're, they're fun to watch, even if they're agonizing. But, you know, they're fun to watch. But I don't know that it changes anyone's mind, especially the people that are watching them. If you're just, I find it difficult to believe that it, you change your mind. Oh, did he just say that? I've never heard him say that before. I've never heard her say that before. I think I'm going to vote for that person. I don't know. It just, I don't think that that changes anyone's mind at all but you know maybe it does maybe it does if you're undecided call 888-900-3393 let me know tell me you want to hear what they have to say tell me what would change your mind tell me if you're undecided but you're you know you're leaning toward one candidate or the other but you're still not sure what would change your mind would it be a yard sign would it be a bumper sticker would it be someone walking through the mall or the store or walking down the sidewalk in your neighborhood with a MAGA hat? Uh, you know, would it be that? Would that change your mind? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I saw, you know, we have yard sign wars going on in my neighborhood now. And uh, I talked a little bit about it on Chewing the Fat. There was uh, the one guy that started it all off on the corner uh, out just as you're going in or leaving the neighborhood with his uh, Trump Pence sign uh, on the front lawn, that's gone now. A for sale sign went up. 
don't know what that says. I just know maybe he felt, you know, the uh, real estate agent said, you know, maybe you ought to take the Trump side down. The guy next door had a Trump sign, and it looks as though the uh, the stand for the sign is still in his yard, but the sign itself is down. So I'm not sure if he was gone and he only puts it up when he is there. Uh, but, you know, it's the stand is still there, but the Trump Pence sign was gone. And then there's a couple houses with their Biden-Harris signs. One house has the Biden-Harris sign in the front window inside. I don't know. Maybe they're concerned that someone's going to take it. I don't know. And one family has their Biden-Harris sign behind the Halloween decorations. So I'm not sure if it's ha-ha-ha, it's part of the Halloween direction, or uh, Halloween, uh, all their decorations, or if it's... uh, you know, them saying, yeah, we're for Biden-Harris, too. And if you're not, don't come here for Halloween. Okay. I'm good with that. No problem. Don't worry about it. We can make that happen. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, look, and we saw, I saw the the great thing that, uh, you know, as long as we're, you know, on Washington and Trump and Biden and the rest of them, I saw where uh, Speaker Pelosi is, uh, you know, unveiling her new plan their new plan, the Congress's new plan, to create a panel to gauge the president's capacity. And everyone is concerned that it's, uh, you know, it's a shot at President Trump because they were saying that, you know, he was in the hospital at Walter Reed with the with the COVID-19. Uh, and, you know, it, he didn't never, never turned it over to Mike Pence. But really the... The latest, you know, thoughts on that is that she's putting this forward so if Biden wins, they have this in the can and ready to use for, uh, you know, his effectiveness. And okay, you know, are you going to really invoke the 25th Amendment against Donald Trump? I don't think so. You got to get Pence to sign off on that anyway. But you definitely would get uh, Kamala to sign off on it, right? (laughs) If it was Joe Biden, yeah. I do believe you would. Yes, you would. So, you know, I, I, are they? I would. Is that what they would do? Yes. Oh, geez, we already have that in. Oh no, no, Joe. I know. Look, you're fine, but we're gonna just go ahead and go ahead and let you take a. We're all a little concerned. We're all a little concerned. So don't you worry. But you don't have to answer anything anymore. I know it's a problem for you. I know you had a real problem with answering the question about his big deal is he won't answer about packing the court. What? Oh, if I answer that now, that's going to be the lead story. Yeah, that's why you're on the campaign trail uh, to answer questions and see where you stand on specific things. That's what we do. I know, but if I answer that now, it's going to (laughs) be all over the place and you won't be able to. That's all you're going to talk about. I want to talk about what's going on now. Do you? Do you? Okay. All right. Thanks. No problem. Appreciate it, Joe. I mean, has he seemed okay the last week or so? I guess. Uh, For Joe, he's seemed okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. He's... uh, he, I think we can all agree that he's there's some kind of problem, right? I don't know if it's a, a medical problem or if it's just a, an aging problem. But there is an issue. 
and I hate to see that. Uh, I hate to see that happen. But you know that's what they're saying that the Pelosi thing is up. So we'll see what happens. Actually, I, I'm really, I really am. Uh, uh, it's strange to me that President Trump wants. He's itching to get out, and he's saying the doctors have given him the go ahead, and he's going to do this rally. Ah, you know, wait, hold off, hold off on it just for a little bit. I know the new thing is quarantine for 10 days, I think. Uh, when they started out, it was, I think, 20 or 21, and then it went to 14, and now it's 10 days. So we'll see. We'll talk a little bit more about the numbers and uh, uh, what we should think about the COVID-19 lockdowns. It feels like, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but it feels like, and I know we're not, you know, we're not supposed to base things on feelings. I got it. But it feels like we're getting close to more and more places wanting to lock it down again. It really is. Uh, we're getting the reports of the numbers rising and we're going crazy. And we're doing, the numbers are rising in Europe. The numbers are rising in different areas in the U.S. It feels like we're getting those reports so that they could lock us down again. And I don't know that the bulk of America... I don't know that the bulk of America puts up with that. Or would you? Are you gonna? Are you gonna put up with a, a lockdown again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It seemed pretty easy the last time. It seemed really easy the last time, didn't it? Yes, it did. So I woke up uh, early this morning because I, I come in and uh, I sit in with uh, Pat during Pat Unleashed here on uh, Blaze television and radio network who you know every morning 6 a.m central right here on blaze radio and blaze television network and uh i see a new video release i'm sorry it's not a video it's a film i see a new film released from oreo making you know making the rounds on the social media and i thought well all right how long and i i click play so i can see how long the film is because i'm not going to give them more than Two, three minutes. And uh, I grabbed my cup of coffee. It's like three minutes long. So, and they hooked me. They got me in after about the first 30 seconds. And it's such a woke film. And it's for Oreos, but they want me to feel bad and feel like, oh, see, same-sex people are really have feelings too. And they're really struggling with their families. And because I... I don't know. Are we living in the 50s, the 60s? Maybe I give you the 70s. Maybe I give you the early 70s when people had a tough time saying, hey, mom, dad, I'm gay. And it was a shock to the parents. What? I won't hear of it. But that's what Oreo is leading us down the primrose path too. So we'll see if we can make it through the Oreo film but i wanted to share it with you because i want you to know that they are they want you to know that oreo is is part of the woke generation do we have that yes thank you oh boy here we go Maybe we... hey hey you okay? you okay i'm good yeah I'm just going home I'm struggling you know I don't really want to see mom and dad bringing you home to meet them. Yeah, I know. I know. 
They're just driving to the house now. A lot of those of you on Blaze Radio struggling with seeing mom and dad again. Look at that. It's a yeah. white picket fence and a beautiful home. Like the all-American home. Hi, baby. Oh, mom, it's a multicultural Amy. family. Hi, it's so beautiful. Hey, Dad. And Dad gets up hey, and, oh, no, Amy. hey. Hey, nice how you doing? You. He just says hi. Are you hungry? Yes. Does it come oh, in? Yes, yeah. Hey, Get out of here. Really I'm so bothered that Dad won't really talk to Oh, look. Brother and sister are here with their kids. They're heterosexual. Those nasty heterosexuals. Look at that. They're here. And it's such a... We're just, oh, look, that's Dad out in the yard giving the son and daughter a hug with the grandkids. And, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. And they're, now she's going to go for a bike ride. Dad's out in the yard. Doesn't really say anything. He just gives him a nice little wave. <sighs> We're just going through the neighborhood, reliving times as a child with my girlfriend. And sharing a secret oh. kiss away from her. <laughs> and then, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. You just wanted my help right now. Oh, the neighbors are frowning upon them. Won't even hardly look at them. Shut up. This, I, can't, I don't know if I can make it through the whole thing. It drives me crazy. But there they are, they're looking at the new videotape of when we were a kid. And they see dad and the little girl with their Oreos. And dad's there and he doesn't really say anything, he just kind of smiles. It's so sad because dad doesn't seem to be accepting of their lesbian love affair. Or this love. There's no, you can't put a gender on love, okay? Just can't. And nobody would accept that here in. John. 2020. Is that your dad? So, is your dad outside? Doing? What's he doing? What's going on? Dad. So dad's up the next morning. Looks like he's working out in the front yard. What's he doing? Oh! Oh my gosh! Oh! Did I do it right? He painted the white picket fence rainbow. I, I didn't know if it was the right colors, though. <laughs> The flag is only everywhere to know the colors of the rainbow flag. Do you like it? Oh, a loving world starts with a loving home. I hope the HOA is okay with that rainbow color fence because I don't think they are. Oreo. Oh, it's beautiful. Bringing families together for over a hundred years. Beautiful. And I thought, okay, I got it. No, I got it. No problem. We're bringing families together. Thanks, Oreo. I appreciate it. You may make sure that we accept it all. I got it. But then I thought, well, why why didn't I see a big to-do with Oreo releasing their rainbow-colored Oreos? I mean, that would be a tie-in, right? I mean, not that I worked for Nabisco for a period of time in my life, but I mean, I would just say that that would be a smart thing to do for Oreo. And, oh, my gosh, here we go. Yes, beginning today. They're going to be giving away 10,000 packs. Now, they're not hitting the shelves yet. They're not good enough to hit the shelves yet. But they're going to be giving away 10,000 packs of the limited edition cookies. All you have to do is to participate in the hashtag Proud Parent Campaign. If you go to Instagram or Twitter, sharing your, your, your allyship, make sure that you follow and tag at Oreo and Use the hashtags Proud Parent and Giveaway. And they're going to decide, are you good enough? Are you good enough to get a package of rainbow Oreos? 
because they're filled with red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and pink creams. And, you know, when you put all those together, it's a rainbow flag. So when you open up your Oreo package, it's going to look like a, a rainbow flag. And that's, that's just beautiful. So if you feel lucky, <laughs> get on your social media accounts and use the hashtag ProudParent and giveaway and follow and tag at Oreo and you may get a pack of the rainbow colored Oreos. Now, I will say, uh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, I want a pack. If they're going to give away free Oreos, I'm a fan. No problem. I'm good to go. I know that may come as a surprise, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm surprised that they're not. They just didn't put them on the shelf. My gosh, they we we get uh, we get all kinds of different Oreos, maple cream cookies, and gingerbread flavors, and mint flavored that hit the shelves. But the rainbow cookies deserve their own special giveaway i know in honor of lgbtq history month this month it's a new film three minutes long proud parent and a loving world starts with a loving home i know i know it's it's beautiful look we i seriously mean seriously i would like to know is is there are we living in that time for real I don't know that we are. I honestly say no, we're not. That you have, you're afraid to tell your parents who I probably already know. <laughs> uh, if you're living with your parents, they've got a pretty good idea who you are. <laughs> yes, they do. Who's a good little girl you are? Come here. What, you're gay? Get out of here. I won't talk to you. Stop. Not today's world. I'm sorry. No. No. I don't believe it. I'm, uh, you know, all for it. You know, hey, start at home. Love your kids. I got it. And I'm all for it. All for it. It's a beautiful thing. Are you afraid to tell your parents? I don't think so. Not in today's world. You're afraid to tell them if you're for Trump, I bet. You're afraid to tell them if you're for Biden, I bet, if they're Trump people. I bet you're more afraid of that. Then you are, mom, dad, I'm bringing my girlfriend home, but we live together and I want you to be okay with it. Well, I'm not really okay with you living together, but sure, bring your girlfriend home. I I, I get that. Uh, whether you're a male or a female or two females or two males, I get the idea of not living together before you're joined at the hip, but I don't get being scared to come out like that. I just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Now I want Oreo cookies. I watched a video. <laughs> you know what? It's social media's fault. It's social media's fault that I am eating all this junk food. So it's the Oreo Nabisco's fault for this one. And then I watched a video and I we don't have it and we don't have to show it. It's just a, it's a it's a chocolate bomb for hot chocolate. Have you seen these? And it's a it's a chocolate wrapped around marshmallows. So you put it in the cup and you heat your milk and then you pour the hot milk on the chocolate bomb and the hot milk melts the chocolate and then it pops up and you've got chocolate milk with marshmallows from the chocolate bomb. It looks really good, really good. And it got me thinking that as a, one of my favorite things as a kid 
and I haven't had it in a long time, I promise, is uh, my dad used to make uh, real pudding, you know, where you have to stir it and, you know, no, everybody makes the instant stuff now. But the real pudding, you got to cook on the stove and stir it and, and it's, you know, it's hot and warm. But before it sets, you pour that over ice cream. Oh, my gosh. That is so, I'll give you a little, that's a good holiday treat for everyone. Just have that hot pudding, chocolate, or whatever flavor you prefer, chocolate, and uh, pour that over ice cream. Oh, my gosh. It is so good. I want someone, we've got to be able to make that before the show ends. That has to. (laughs) Just run to the store real quick. Put your mask on if you have to. Go in and get some real pudding and some milk and some ice cream and some spoons and some dishes. That's all, though. Just get everything you need and then come back and cook it here in the kitchen here at Mercury Studios. Nobody's in there right now. Just pull, throw it on the stove and make that happen. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, I want that so bad right now. Ooh, a warning, too. And I better get this in. A quick warning. Jeez. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say... 13, and it may be more by now, uh, salmonella infections in eight states. Uh, they confirmed that seven of the infections have resulted in hospitalizations. I know. I know. Ten of the 13 ill people reported contact with bearded dragons and hedgehogs. So if you have a pet bearded dragon or a pet hedgehog, be careful, all right? They've had we've had similar outbreaks like this tied to hedgehogs in the last decade. Uh, if you are an owner of the bearded dragons or the hedgehogs, make sure you wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water. They keep telling us to do that for everything. It's getting it's getting tiresome. They they continue to tell us always wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water, especially right after you touch your pet. They're specifically talking about the bearded dragon and the hedgehog. Don't cut, kiss, or snuggle your pet. Wait. Aren't you supposed to snuggle and kiss your bearded dragon and hedgehog? Who's a good little hedgehog? Come here. Who's a good little bearded dragon with that giant tongue and jumping over to couch to couch? Come here. Now they can spread the germs to your face and mouth. Don't do it. And keep your pet out of your kitchen and other areas where you eat, store, and prepare food. Okay? Remember that if you have bearded dragon or hedgehog pets. Remember that. You don't want them in the kitchen area where the animals that come along in your kitchen are your dogs. Clearly, they're your dogs. And one of the things, you know, one of the things that uh, makes you like a happy dog owner is being able to take care of the health and happiness of the dogs. And those, those what you're supposed to do as the owner, right? At the end of the day, that's it. It's your responsibility to take care of your dogs. And I found that rough greens helps you with that process. I really, I haven't had, uh, I haven't had a pet in uh, a while. I've watched my son's dog for, for a long time when he was off. Uh, you know, away at school and away uh, playing with different teams around the country. And so we watched his dog, King. And King now is getting 
up there. He hasn't been with us for always with my son. But I uh, I made sure they started using rough greens, and they have more than one dog now. But I was you know, most importantly, I cared about King, and I that they just love it. They just love it. There's pictures I've showed them somewhere on uh, on one of the shows of the dogs just going crazy over the food because rough greens was put on it. I mean, they need the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the probiotics, the omega oils, things that uh, they would get if they were out in the wild, if they weren't uh, you know stuck at home. But their regular food, all that regular kibble dog food that you give them, uh, that's sterilized. So, because when they cook it to give it a longer lasting shelf life, uh, it becomes dead food for the dogs, which is why a lot of dogs struggle to eat. You put the rough greens on it, they love it. It's not a dog food, it's a supplement. You sprinkle on the top of the dog food, and it's full of all those things that make your dog healthier and happier. So, get rough greens. Use the Jumpstart bag today for just fourteen ninety five. Start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. If you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. Help your dog feel better. And you're, you're going to see. Give it a two-week challenge and you'll see, oh, my gosh. My dog is like when he was so much younger, so much great that they love it. Start him, start him early. Start him early. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. Well, it's the Steve Days program. Is it a show or a program? If it's uh, if you enjoy it, I guess it's a show. If you don't like it, it's the program, right? I think. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. If you want to participate in the show, uh, please feel free to do that. You can follow me on social media as well. Uh, Jeff Fisher sitting in for Steve Dace today, the Steve Dace show program. Uh, Jeffy JFR on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio, and be sure to subscribe to my daily podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And as long as you're, you know, making your life that much better by subscribing to the podcast, Chewing the Fat, you may as well slide on over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's the same name. <laughs> so we we worked hard uh, on figuring out what we were going to call the YouTube channel after we named the podcast and we thought you know we might as well just name it the same thing and and we did we had a few few long long meetings talking about it trying to figure it out and finally somebody said hey oh, why don't you just call it chewing the fat with jeff fisher and we all went wow why didn't we think of that so uh racism has been solved or at least anti-racism at least i don't know i don't know it we saw uh we saw the uh, ice cream company, Dryers, changing the Eskimo pie now uh, to uh, Eddie's pie. Ugh. I mean, that's good. And they, that's a company that met, did meet for months to figure out what they were going to change Eskimo pie to. They meant for, they had meetings. They actually had meetings for months. What are we going to change Eskimo pie to? It's been the name for a hundred years. And we don't want people to think that we hate Eskimos. 
So what are we going to name it? Well, one of the founders' names was, uh, I think, uh, Eddie. So we can name it that. Oh, okay, good. Let's do that. Well, Yelp has come along for the ride as well. Uh, Yelp posted today that their top priority is to ensure the trust and safety of our community and provide users with reliable content to inform their spending decisions, including decisions about whether they'll be welcome and safe at a particular business. When we notice an unusual spike in activity on a business's Yelp page, our team of moderators will investigate and temporarily disable content as we place an alert on the business page to warn users that some of these reviews may not be based on first-hand experiences. Oh, here's what we'll do when an incident involving racism occurs. We'll default to a general public attention alert to inform consumers if someone associated with the business was accused of or a target of racist behavior. Now, we'll only escalate to a business accused of racist behavior alert when there's resounding evidence of egregious racist actions from a business owner or employee, such as using overtly racist slurs or symbols And this alert will always link to a news article from a credible media outlet so users can learn more. Well, I have a couple questions. Right off the top of my head, (laughs) the first couple questions come to mind is, uh, uh, who are your credible media sources uh, that you're going to link to? I think I can guess, (laughs) but I'd like to know. And I'd like to know what causes, if it's, is it just one Yelp review that says, uh, I uh, this person called me the N-word and put it on my receipt. Does that automatically flag the restaurant? Or does do you actually do some investigation? Hmm. Or, or do you wait for that particular establishment, like other social media accounts, Oh, did we stop your account? Oh, man, we're so sorry. That algorithm. <laughs> man, that darn algorithm. I mean, no problem. It's just a, it's just a mix-up. Sure, go ahead. You complained, and we saw the problem. So you're you're back. You're, you're good now. Don't worry about it. You might as well just take it. Take that post down, though. <laughs> uh, you might as well just take it down so we don't have, nobody has to see it. Huh. You mean someone lied about your restaurant and said that something racist happened in it? And now you're getting this public attention alert on your Yelp reviews? Oh, I couldn't see that happening. (laughs) I couldn't see that happening at all. Because we know that all, so many, I say all, so many of these racist accusations prove to be false. This I, I didn't open it, but I, this brings me to the story that I'm sure I don't know if Steve talked about it or not. It doesn't matter because I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> but the Madison Police Department, when they uh, talked about the biracial woman that was attacked, and uh, now I can't open because they want to ask me a bunch of questions. So, what type of smartphone do you own? All right, I own an Android. 
I answered it. Can I go now? Am I done? Or show me a different question. I answered your question. Android. Smartphone. Next. Let me see the story. At least they're not offering to charge me money. Uh, you've reached your limit. Okay, so uh, they announced the uh, Monona woman. She claimed that she was burned by four white men in downtown Madison in June. And what was initially reported as a hate crime. I mean, it was everywhere. It got national attention that this woman was attacked. Uh, They threw lighter fluid on her. They started her on fire. And she was just driving in her car in a street in Wisconsin. Not where all the riots were. I mean, all the peaceful protests were. But, you know, just outside of that. All right. On June 24th. And... She claimed that they yelled a racial epithet at her. Oh, okay. Well, that's horrible. And, you know, if that happened, we need to investigate. And, and that's, that's despicable if that happened. Well, the police investigated and the FBI investigated. And the Civil Rights Division, specifically, of the U.S. Department of Justice uh, investigated and uh, they they went after since June June twenty fourth. After reviewing all available evidence, authorities could not establish that the attack, as alleged by the complainant, had occurred. I just made it up. Now, something happened because she went to the ER and they found and during the investigation they found. A, uh, a some sort of fluid on her blouse that could have been lighter fluid, but it wasn't all over the car or on any other pieces of clothing that she had on. So when you know, assuming that you walk up to a car that stopped at a light and spray lighter fluid, do you just do you do it delicately enough to delicately enough to uh, just reach a little bit on the blouse? I think not. You're just spraying it all over, and they looked at videotapes. Uh, tapes or video they looked at the video and uh, they uh, couldn't find anything that happened so that takes us to the Yelp reviews back back to the Yelp reviews so nothing could possibly go wrong right nobody's gonna just (laughs) I mean we all my gosh we already know that restaurants are routinely hammered on Yelp from BLM and from Antifa, and from many others who dislike a place or got angry because they thought they were charged too much, or they said they want to uh, close a place down, or they went to your restaurant and the server wouldn't raise their fist in the Black Lives Matter fist, so now they just give bad reviews on Yelp and just inundate the reviews, and I guess hopefully Yelp, you know, investigates. And finds that it's not true. I don't know how long it takes. I don't know if the restaurants have to complain. Uh, if you own a restaurant that uses, uh, you know, that uses Yelp, I'm sure every, um, you know, everyone does today. Uh, and you're actually open in today's world. Uh, you know, at least you've got some tables out front and people are coming in. Uh, I'd be interested to know if you get bad Yelp reviews, what the process is. Is it just, eh? You know, you have to wait for Yelp to work through it, or do you complain to Yelp and say, Yo, Yelp! I think that's actually it. <laughs> you go to Yo, Yelp, and uh, they, uh, they'll they look into it. 
But it's just strange to me that I'm guessing nothing could go wrong with the Yelp plan. But I could be wrong. Look, they want to fix racism and they want to help. I get it. It's important. It's the next step to welcoming a safe environment. Doggone it. And we just we just care so much. We wanna we want people to know that if something was yelled at you or something racist happened to you at a restaurant, we want to know about it. Well, yeah. Uh we should. If it happens. If it actually happens, we do want to know. Thank you. Did you see where, okay, so I know last time I was here we talked, I mean, we talk a lot. I mean, this mask mandate thing is driving me insane, I know. And, um, you know, I, I understand the process of it. I don't understand the not having a choice as Americans to wear the mask or not wear the mask. And uh, I, you know, every place is being disinfected from top to bottom, and every place has to have extra hand sanitizer. And when you walk, you can't walk by anything. You put your hand on something, disinfected. And some of the stadiums that are opening up around the country, you know, college football, uh, professional football, are, you know, while they're welcoming fans, some are welcoming fans, they, you know, have massive disinfecting programs. Well, I see where uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta has drones that are flying around the stadium, and we've got video of the drone flying around the stadium. It's really kind of cool, right? It's a sanitation process using the Lucid drone technologies, and they help cover the large areas. The stadium has uh, two drones that they use and one sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting to be used if the one drone goes down. But uh, it sprays all over the, the it kills the, I doesn't, shouldn't say it kills, it prevents. It prevents harmful bacteria and virus. And so it just disinfects everything. It's non-toxic hypochlorous acid solution. Okay. All right. You tell me it's non-toxic. I believe you it's got uh, maximum effectiveness without being harmful oh okay well that's good i'm glad to know that but it is kind of cool now i will say that they say the drones allow for a 95 percent reduction spent cleaning and seating the bowl in mercedes-benz stadium wow if that's true human employees will be gone soon now, they say, well, it uh, gives us the ability to redeploy associates in other areas. Uh-huh. Sure. But it's more efficient than the backpack foggers, and uh, they have just employees setting up hand wipes and cleaning other specialized areas, I guess. So, I mean, if it's allowing 95% reduction in time spent cleaning... Uh, Bob and Lucy aren't going to be doing it for much longer. I guarantee you that. And soon, if I'm that stadium, I want to use them for security too. I want to use them for, I want the drone sitting up top and just when uh, some doofus in section A, seat 40 starts messing up, security drone comes down, shines a light on them. 
That'd be awesome. Uh, you need to uh, stop your what you're doing right now. We're going to have you removed from the stadium. And then you send in the humans or the robots. But, I mean, I know. And look, we're all, that's inside a stadium, which is kind of cool. Uh, and you, you know, you have, uh, you know, limited flying area, but drones are becoming more and more part of our lives every day. I mean, here in DFW, where, uh, we're located at here, where the blaze, uh, Mercury studios are located at, uh, it's a big Amazon area. I, I I'm ready for the drones. I want the drones to deliver. I want to be able to go, yes, I'd like some new toothpaste and have the drone drop it in my backyard. I, I want it there right now. No problem. This having to wait up to six hours to have a delivery. <laughs> My gosh, how could I get by in life? I have to, if you have to wait, sometimes I have to wait until the next day for something that I order. That cannot stand. I want to be able to order it and have the drone drop it off in the yard. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with airspace. The FAA has, uh, you know, given the go-ahead for some drones to start delivering. And I know in North Carolina, I know in Florida, they're delivering with some drones. Some uh, some Walmarts and some uh, other pharmacies are delivering medicines. Uh, and and uh, they've got the go-ahead. But when you start talking about large metropolitan areas with dozens of drones flying, delivering goods and items, I don't know. I don't know how you, you know, that's we have we have you know obviously one of the busiest airports in the world uh here in dfw and planes are coming in and out yes even in today's world even in the post-covid haze planes do still fly <laughs> not as much though but they do still fly but i mean they're now successfully delivering human organs for transplant two test flights in vegas or nevada where where they tested delivering organs you know, you slap the cornea and the kidney in a box and mission go says up it goes and fly away. It's awesome and great. Now, they say that it's because they want to try to reduce carbon footprint. Oh, that's so nice. Now, if it helps in getting a kidney to someone faster or a cornea to someone faster, great. If by doing that... It does reduce the carbon footprint. Great. But I would rather be able to get the kidney and the cornea there. And I am not really concerned about the carbon footprint. If I need a cornea and I'm laying in the emergency room, I don't give a crap about the carbon footprint. No, sir. I want my kidney dropped in the backyard right now. I mean, maybe it's just me. It's all request lunch hour. Get your requests in right now, 888-900-3393. And we'll try to get the hits on for you. The third caller will be winning Arby and Jamocha Shake and a free lube from Harry's Auto. And you'll be good to go here on the all request lunch hour. That's not really true. It's Jeff Fisher in for Steve Dace on the Steve Dace program. Here on the Blaze Television and Radio and Podcast Network. 
So uh, if you you know if you are listening to this and you're not a subscriber to Blaze TV, I'm going to show you a couple ways, tell you a couple ways to enhance your life. Okay, you can uh, subscribe to Blaze Television Network. You can go to uh, blazetv.com/jeffy j e f f y, or it's probably slash Steve for the Steve Day Show, or you know, and then you can use the promo code jeffy j-e-f-f-y that'll get you probably like i don't know a dime off or something like that but if you use and i heard glenn say this today the glenn beck guy <laughs> there's a show on this network too <laughs> he said use glenn debates as the promo code and get yourself like 20 bucks off so you can try you know glenn debates and see how much get how much it is and you can try jeffy and see how much it is and whichever one gets you more off that's the one you use, and you become a subscriber to Blaze Television Network. And you save. Look, it's always more important to have more voices, not less, more voices. And in these times, we are seeing how they are attempting and succeeding in many ways of creating less voices. And that cannot be. That will not stand. So blazetv.com and subscribe, okay? And, uh, you know, here in a little bit, I'll tell you how to subscribe to another show that's awesome. And it's not, it's not even going to cost you cost you a dime, okay? Uh, it's free. So, you know, I might as well just tell you now. I might as well just break the news to you now. You can subscribe to Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher, for free. And if you're listening to this show and or have listened to Chewing the Fat and you're not a subscriber... I, what's that? They're telling me in my ear. No, I'm not going to call them that. No. <laughs> no, I just think that they'd live a better life if they'd just become a subscriber. It's just better that way. So uh, do that and uh, enhance your life. So I'm reading a story yesterday about Canada. Our friends, I say that, our friends, to the north. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that happen in Canada trickle down. And uh, sometimes it gets on us, and I don't like it. I don't like it. And we've had, since the COVID pandemic lockdown, some things that were trying to happen before are now rearing their ugly heads again. And I see where they say that in Canada, yay, that single-use plant They're going to save the earth. Actually, what's going to happen? They're going to save the earth. Single-use plastics are going to be banned. In Canada. Yay! So, uh, grocery bags. Stra- I should say plastic grocery bags. Straws. Stir sticks. Six-pack rings. Cutlery. And food containers made from hard-to-recycle plastics will be out of use nationwide. By the end of 2021. Uh, Yay! Now, they've got a few steps that they're planning to achieve this zero plastic waste by 2030. So they're going to get rid of single-use plastic by the end of 2021. Almost said this year. (laughs) I want 2020 to be over so bad. And then it's going to be 2021, and you're going to say, man, I wish I could get 2020 back, but 
is the way it is. But they're going to end it in Canada by 2030. Yay! So apparently, the stores are going to be providing you with alternatives to these plastic products. I'd like to know what those alternatives are. I'd like to know if they just throw them in your arms and tell you to get out. Do they make you, like some grocery stores here in America do, buy a bag, a cloth bag, which we know carries germs even worse? I'd be interested to see what they're going to do, which is why. Do we have Brian Lilly? Is he there? I wanted to talk to Brian Lilly, our our man, our friend, an actual friend in Canada, our neighbor up north, an actual friend, Brian Lilly, who is our, you know, the special chewing the fat uh, Blaze Television Radio Network Canadian reporter, <laughs> Canadian correspondent on the line. Brian Lilly, how in the world are you? I'm doing better for talking to you, Jeffy. Been a oh, long time. my gosh. Don't, don't. I don't need the pity. I don't. So, <laughs> so Brian, what do you aside from being the, you know, number one Canadian correspondent for Chewing the Fat and Blaze Television and Radio Network, what, uh, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you doing now? What's going on? Uh, well, I'm a columnist for the Toronto Sun um, and uh, spending a lot of time chasing down our various governments over what they're doing. We're about <laughs> to go into a, a news conference where they're about to bring down a, a, a bunch of new restrictions on Toronto, on Ottawa, our nation's wow. capital, and some of our suburbs of Toronto. Uh, and we're talking about major restrictions on the fourth largest city in uh, North America. Well, have they done it before? Is this the second? Is this the second wave of lockdowns and rules and mandates coming, or is this the, now they're just saying we're going to do it for good? No, this is the second wave. Yeah. And so uh, we went into a uh, you know state of emergency right. March sixteenth or seventeenth. Right. Like everyone else. Um, and, and then the. Uh, the rules were relaxed at first in June and then a bit more in July. And, uh, you know, things were moving back to normal. Now we are just about to hear the doctors are just getting up to the podium. They are going to ban indoor dining. Um, yeah, I mean, they're I, going it to, feels like we're getting close to another huge lockdown again for everyone because the numbers are, they keep reporting the numbers are going up and, I said earlier in the show, it feels like, and being proven now in Canada, another big lockdown is coming. I don't know. Well, I, I would think so. I mean, our, our numbers, depending on which part of the United States you're comparing us to, uh, our numbers go in different ways. Like, we were right. earlier than Florida and Texas. Right. Um, but our, our lockdowns were also not as severe as some states. Some of the Democratic yeah, uh, governed states had stricter lockdowns than us. And still do, really, but... but. Yeah, it, but we, uh, you know, we we'd gotten back to uh, indoor dining. I was out at a a, a book launch in a, a restaurant the other day. A friend of mine owns a restaurant. He uh, he's put out a cookbook of how to cook game meat. So this is like <laughs> once you strip down your deer and you cut it up, here's how to make it gourmet. Right, nice. And, and you know what? Everyone's spaced apart. You know, if, if you don't know the people, you're not sitting next to them. You're sitting six feet apart. You're there's plexiglass everywhere. There's hand sanitizer. Wow. People are wearing masks when they leave the table. But we're still finding a way to have a good time. Yeah. And that's all over. But what they haven't shown, Jeffy, and this is what I think everybody has to do, is say, show me the evidence. Yeah. Show me the evidence that what you want to do is backed up by data 
in science. If they can, well, maybe I'll say, yeah, okay, I'm on board. Well, but they'll just, just say the numbers. Say, and they'll show you the they'll show you the stats that the numbers are on the rise, right? The the number of cases are on the rise, and because of that, they need to lock it down. Uh, you know, I, okay, cases are on the rise, but are hospital admissions? Yes, they are, but not as much. At least the, these are the numbers here. No, I know. Cases I, are I, I, I get, I get it. But hospitals and ICUs are not. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, and I'm not arguing with you, Brian. Calm down, okay? Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. Calm the down. I'm agreeing with I'm you. I'm arguing with the doctors. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just think uh, politicians and medical professionals across the continent have done a bad job of bringing people along. And if you want the public on board, you got to talk to us. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, you know, uh, Canada a little bit different than uh, the U.S., but I don't know that uh, a great many of Americans, at least I'd like to believe so, would be uh, would be a thumbs up to another lockdown. Uh, I just don't. I think that uh, that would not go over well. So we're getting ready to see that in Canada. So does that put the plastic ban off to the side, or we're we just going to plow through with that too? <laughs> We're just going to plow through with it. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of awesome. telling restaurants you you, you just got to do takeout, uh, but don't use plastic <laughs> knives and forks. Uh, buy a more expensive option. And do, you uh, get, do I get you know, China? Do I get to take China home every day from the restaurant? Because I might to get takeout if that's the case. Did your mother used to get China when she spent enough at the the Safeway years ago, right, or you know whatever. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll go back to that sort of thing. If you buy enough meals, you get a china plate to go home. Well, what are you with, eating on before then? I, I don't. I don't understand. Uh, I really, seriously, so, I don't understand. You know, if you, it's interesting in Canada, um, Democrats are always good in our media. Republicans are always bad. I think you have a similar thing in your media. Yeah, um, yeah. but our Liberal Party, run by the illustrious and glorious peace be upon him, Justin Trudeau is <laughs> he's still in office. Almost, right? <laughs> yeah. He, and he's almost like a branch plant to the Democrats. Yes, he's know. even using Joe Biden's slogan. He's walking around saying, we've got to build back better. <laughs> what? <laughs> so awesome. uh, build back better is now a Canadian slogan. You, you're just ripping off basement Biden. Wow. And, you know, and then turning around telling us we have to ban plastics, um, which plastic use has gone through the roof. Plastic gloves, of course. Uh, face masks, the um, face shields. Uh, there's a couple of restaurants that I go to where, you know, the uh, the guy behind the counter serving you for takeout is uh, is using a face shield. Um, maybe they say, well, that's not single use. Yeah, but he's not using it for three years. Right, uh, you know, That's he's using sure. it a few times, cleaning it a few times, and then getting a new one. Right. Uh, but but they are determined to do this. Canada is an energy superpower. Um, you know, until just a couple of years ago, when you guys really opened up fracking, we we were producing way more oil than you and providing a lot of your oil. Uh, and and we've got a government now that says. We don't want oil anymore. We don't want oil products. Well, so they I don't mean, want pipelines. Look, they don't want oil. They don't want plastics. You're doing the Joe Biden slogan that they might as well live the live. You know, you're going to walk the walk. You might as well do it. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't have a lot of fracking up here. We got just a lot of old fashioned no. oil. Right. Um, but he still doesn't want it. 
It's amazing. So do we still have, I heard a story, you can tell, maybe tell me if it's true or not, but I heard a way, like, I know that, uh, you know, Canada had a a thing where I had to, uh, I couldn't come into the country, right? Or I had to quarantine for 14 days or whatever, but there was a way that I, if I came through and said I was just passing through, just driving through, they would let me in. I could just drive and then I could just hang out anywhere I wanted. Is that true? (sighs) Uh, yeah, but they're trying to crack down on that. Um, you know, a lot of Alaskans uh, make their way down to the the mainland of the United States, yeah. I guess you'd call it, through Canada. Yeah, amazing uh, how that happens. You know, yeah, yeah you've either got to do that or fly. And uh, and so people were saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to Alaska. Yeah. And then they're just hanging out in the yeah, wilds yeah, of yeah, British yeah, Columbia, yeah, which yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, you know, you got great skiing and mountains and wonderful nature, but... Mm, uh, <laughs> uh, not really. We're on our way. We just haven't made it yet. I just I love that so much. I do. So, do you see light at the end of the tunnel, Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun, our Canadian correspondent on Blaze Television and Radio Network? Is there light at the tunnel, or is it just covered up with plastic now? It's covered up with plastic yeah. right now. If you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I would have said differently. The the drumbeat from our lock it down, please, media has been relentless. They only know how to ask two questions, most of them. Uh, how many cases are there and when will you lock us down? Um, right. So, you, you know, imagine being a politician where you've got a pile of doctors waging a public relations campaign against you saying you've got to lock it down or everyone's going to die. And then you've got the media repeating that without talking to the other doctors, of which there are many, saying, no, no, no. we can handle this in other ways. We'll do it. That's okay. And then you're, the, you know, you're down in Texas. If, if Governor Greg Abbott just faced a constant barrage of lock us down and we're all going to die, eventually the public would be like, well, if Governor Abbott doesn't lock us down, we're all going to die. Yeah, well, they're, and, trying, they're attempting that very much. I mean, he's... He's been coerced uh, down that road farther than I would have liked, that's for sure. Yeah, look, there can be sensible, restrictive measures that we can do. Hospital down the street from me just put in visitor restrictions. Okay, great. People in hospital are quite vulnerable. Look after them. Retirement homes, long-term care homes, nursing homes. You know, stop people with COVID-19 from going in there. That, that They are the most vulnerable. I'm a fan of uh, that. I'm a fan of that. But, I am. But the 20-year-old hanging out at the uh, the patio bar downstairs from uh, my building here in Toronto, why are you stopping that? I know. I know. Anyway, I just wanted to check in and see how you were doing, actually, Brian. It's the only reason I really wanted to talk to you. I found a reason to talk <laughs> to you because I hadn't talked to you in so long. So if I want to... We'll talk again soon, do Jeff. You, uh, you, I mean, do, do I get to follow you on some kind of social media account, or do I just have to go to the Toronto Sun and buy an actual uh, newspaper? I mean, you do you have actual Brian newspapers Lilly. anymore? Or? I still get it delivered to my door. Nice. you got to support your own product. <laughs> um, said the... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you can follow me on Twitter, at Brian Lilly. All my stuff goes up there. That's fantastic. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. It's good talk to talk to you, to you again, talk my to you friend. Soon. Be Bye. safe. Wow. See, now I'll tell you what, they are, that's incredible news that they're getting ready to uh, do some more lockdown measures. I knew it. I can, oh, just, ah, drives me crazy. I can, I'm not even worried about the plastic anymore, which is just incredible in and of itself. I mean, we're just going to ban it. Plastic saved this planet. Oh, I mean, ruined this planet. And now it's, ah, we don't care. 
petrotechnology. It's, that's part of the deal. Now that I think about it, it's petrotechnology. We don't want anything to do with anything oil. So if it's uh, if you're making you're making plastics with that petrotechnology, you're evil. Okay, you're evil. Got it? Okay. Uh, let's do. Uh, I was looking at some of this for uh, um, the dirt bag segment of the Steve Dace program here on Blaze Television and Radio Network. Uh, there's a we have like three top dirt bags, and one you know is officially a dirt bag, and the other two are on their way. Um, two are still alive, one is not. You have Harvey Weinstein, uh, currently held at uh, prison in Western New York State. They already sentenced this man to 23 years. Uh, back in March. All right. Now California wants to extradite him for six more charges involving five victims for crimes dating from 2004 to 2013. Okay. Uh, he's the number one in the dirtbag pile. And some of that, some of the accusations on Harvey were even like, wait, you couldn't say no? Jelaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's girl has a new accuser identified uh, only by a fake name, Samantha, uh, insisted that Maxwell was the real monster and said she wants to see her suffer in prison. I don't want her to die like Epstein. I want her to suffer. Now, she claims that she was uh, gagged, restrained, and raped by Jelaine and then... Then Jeffrey came in. Oh, okay. It's good that she she didn't uh, she didn't report this at all um, when it happened, after it happened, or when even when Jeffrey was alive. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying it isn't true, but it is a coincidence that she was too scared to come forward before now, and. You know, she came forward with her attorney, of course. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that now she's okay with telling everyone this while she's submitting an application to the Epstein Compensation Fund. Now she's willing to talk to investigators. I find that a real coincidence. Not saying it didn't happen, Samantha. I'm just saying it's funny how you couldn't come forward prior to this time and the latest in the dirtbag list Ravi Zacharias the evangelical leader I mean I love I like him I loved him he's passed away now I know but now that he's dead and uh he you know they're starting to go through uh go through all the money starting to see where the money was and what happened and Who's got what and who's going where? So now they say uh, multiple women claim that he sexually harassed them. Oh, okay. They couldn't come forward while he was still alive. This had to only happen after he died. Because, look, they're all employees. He built trust with them. And, you know, he was... He was the guy. He was the head guy. He was not only, uh, you know, the leader. He was one of the most prominent speakers and authors. I know. 
So he'd go to his Georgia spa, according to this, and he would uh, pleasure himself. And uh, she claims, one of the ladies claimed, that he asked, he asked for explicit photos and asked to have sex twice. And that he pleasured himself more than 50 times in front of her. Okay. I, she claims, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. You have this world-renowned evangelist who's being inappropriate. I just didn't know what to do. Let me help you with that. Uh, hey, Rav, why don't you put that thing away? <laughs> if it's true, what? at what point do you say, Ravi, baby, man, dude, just zip up. Well, come on now. At some point, was it after the first 10 times that you couldn't say no? Was it after the first 20? Okay, I gave you 30 times. 40 times. 50 times. You were at the 50 mark. At the 50 mark, is that when you decided, gosh darn it, if he doesn't die of this cancer he's got, that I'm going to tell him no. Is that the mark? Is that the mark? Okay, so we heard from the, the one comedian who was asking everybody if he could take care of himself in, in front of them, and they were saying, I couldn't, I just didn't know what to do. Uh, here you go. How about no? One of his friends, the comedian's friends, I remember, I wish I had the story in front of me. One of the comedian's friends even said to him, uh, he used to ask me all the time, and I would just say no. Some nights I would say, whatever, go ahead. Other nights I was like, dude, we're eating pizza. Leave me alone. So, she, I mean, she was saying that it was okay. It was okay because it, it was okay. It was, he was asking. You say, no. Hey, Rav, here you go. Tell you what you do. No. Put that thing away. <laughs> I don't understand how you can't say no. I just don't. And one of the case he settled the case a couple years ago. I do remember hearing about the case that he settled. So this lady claimed, another woman claimed, that he had enticed her. So again, he asked and enticed her. She didn't just do it. He didn't force her to do it. He enticed her to send offensive, sexually explicit language and photographs. Wait. He enticed you to do that. Okay. Now, Zacharias denied those claims. And he said, you know, it was all bull, but he just wanted to get rid of it and put it behind him and he learned an important lesson. Now, look, is it true? I have no way of knowing. Does it sound like something that could be true in today's world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely could be true. But I really have a tough time feeling bad for these women. And I, you know, I guess I probably should. If he's doing, if he's forcing them, I absolutely feel bad. And he absolutely should be, there should be uh, consequences for that. 100%. But if he's asking 
hey, could you send me photos of you naked doing this? And you can't say, no, Rav, uh, I'm not doing that. In fact, (laughs) I'm not going to be associated with you anymore. I'm going to go over here. Uh, I know this spa is yours here, but uh, I'm not going to work here anymore. Or I'm not going to be part of anything that you have to do with here. How about that? And then, you know, if you're one of the women that he said, hey, mind if I do this to myself in front of you? Because, look, I'm the, I need this. I work so darn hard. And I really, as, a, as I travel the world, I just don't have time. I, I need this. So do you mind if I, if I, did, you, know, you know, Rev, no, I, you're not going to do that here. No, I, you know what? No, put it away. What are you doing? Zip up. Let's get out of here. I just don't understand how you what is how you don't say how about no. No, Rev. Put that thing away. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, Monsters Inc. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. I mean, it's just no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So okay. Dirtbag segment on Steve Dings. Um just say no. Just say no. That's what I say. Just say no. If someone comes to you and says, hey, mind if I, and you can't say no, then it's on you. Ooh, no, I shouldn't say that. So Kevin Costner, anyway, uh, Kevin Costner put out a phone number that he wants people to text him. I love Kevin Costner. Huge fan. He's in the big new Yellowstone. And apparently he's got a new album out, which I don't know that I'm actually looking forward to hearing. But I <laughs> will the Tales from Yellowstone album. I have not heard it. I apologize. So it might be great. It might be great. On the other hand, it might not be. But uh, he wants people to text him at this number. Now, I text him and I'm waiting for, you know, Kevin to text me back. Just like, uh, you know, I'm going to post for Oreo and hope to get some LGBTQIA plus alphabet cookies from Oreo. But I got to thinking, we should call this number. And maybe Kev will pick up, right? So he, he put the number on his Instagram, one three one zero five six four zero five zero six. So call, call us, call him right now. I want to do it on the air because if Kevin picks up, we'll be talking to Kevin Coster. I'm a huge fan. I love Yellowstone. Uh, he just did Highwaymen on Netflix, which was awesome. I love his work. And some of his movies were I love to this day. Mr. Brooks, the serial killer movie, great. Uh, the so dial the number just dial it on the air i want to hear it i want to hear those tones no i didn't even hear i want to hear you dial it too but that's fine let's see if kevin picks up because kevin pick up how you doing i know it's a text number but go ahead pick up the mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time goodbye oh see that hurts that hurts so now i'm gonna have to text kev again and say dude pick up the phone bro (laughs) what are you doing so you can text him and, you know, he'll text you back maybe. He said maybe he would, I, that he would. And, you know, of course, if I when you text him, they want you to subscribe to the text service. So Kevin just didn't do this out of the bottom of his heart. Big surprise. But uh, I really want him to pick up. I really feel I really feel like if I call the number enough, he'll pick up. It's the same number. And I think finally he's going to just do that one at some point. 
It's like the people who call and scam you, right? The, the amount of calls they make, sooner or later they catch somebody. So, like the emails I get from Reem Hashimi that wants to help me get rich by bringing $44 million into the country from the, the Arab Emirates. So, I think if I just keep calling this number, sooner or later, Kevin's going to be at the phone. He's going to be looking to text somebody back, and it's going to ring. And he's going to go, oh, I'll just pick it up. Hello, this is Kevin. And then I'll get to talk to him. It'll be odd. I needed to have that happen. And I was just hoping for that to happen on the air today because it'd be really nice to talk to Kevin Costner. But no, still the voicemail is full. And it couldn't be that they have it set up just to accept texts and it goes right to voicemail no matter who calls. Couldn't be that at all. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Don't shot, Don't shoot down my, flan, my, my hopes, my, fan, my fandom because he's going to pick up someday and I'm going to talk to him. He is. He is. Hello, Kevin. Yeah. Who is this? Hey, this is Jeff Fisher from The Blaze. And I just want to say what a fan I am. And thanks for picking up. Hello, Kevin. Kevin. I'll get the mic. You don't have to get pushy and turn the mic on i got it welcome to uh, the steve dace program on the blaze radio and television network jeff fisher sitting in for steve and the crew today uh i'm not sure if they just took an extra day off if they just felt like taking some time off they're going to a ball game i don't know what they're doing uh, but they'll be back on monday i guess and uh if not <laughs> i'll be here uh so uh be sure to uh, subscribe to the blaze television network you can uh, get 20% off if you use Glenn Debates. Uh, or you can just use, you know, blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y. Use the promo code J-E-F-F-Y and get yourself, I don't know, it gets you a couple bucks off anyway. Saves you a little money. The Glenn one probably gets you more off. Okay. So we just heard a little bit ago from our man Brian Lilly in Canada that he was headed into a press conference where they're getting ready to do some more lockdowns, some stronger, a second wave of lockdowns. And I told you uh, in the very first segment of this program today that it felt like all the reporting with from around the globe is telling us how the numbers are getting worse the cases are going up and it feels like i'm just going by feelings we're all supposed to be feeling that they're getting ready to try to ram another lockdown down our throats and so i see a new book from michael beatrice talking about covid19 lockdowns on trial and I take a look and look. He analyzed uh, all these uh, medical and social data, which I, I, you know, I read and I see. But I definitely am not. I, I am not Michael. I'm not going to spend the time analyzing it. I've got way too much on my plate, and I and really is just kind of okay. Yeah, that's what the numbers say. But a guy like Michael Beatrice got dug in and started counting the numbers. Michael, welcome to the Steve Dace program on the Blaze Television and Radio Network. How are you, sir? Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon. So, Michael, first of all, uh, you dug into the numbers. Why? I mean, do you have a do you have a hateful place in your heart against you, or do you just love numbers? First of all, you guys have done some excellent coverage on this, uh, and I I want to 
you know, we need some of that, uh, some of that reality information to get out there. Yeah, what happened with me was, uh, by the way, I live in Dallas too, and and going back to uh, February and March, I followed the two cruise ships that were quarantined. Yeah. Just of the casual came, interest. Came into California, uh, right? Uh, particularly, yeah, the second. In, yeah. One was in the Far East, the second was in California. Yeah. And if you remember, the second one was when it was porting in after uh, a few days out in the Pacific, it was kind of covered like the Bronco chase. Yeah. And so. Yes, it, uh, was. it was exactly uh, like the Bronco case. And so, uh, so I thought, wow, this is kind of a big deal, right? Wuhan had locked down, and, and uh, you know, what's going to happen here? This was before the uh, lockdowns happened. And then when the ship ported in, really nothing happened. And I thought that was odd, given that, you know, Wuhan had locked down and the, all this hype. And then about 10 days later, the Imperial College released their famous 2.2 million deaths in a right. do-nothing scenario in America. Yep. And I thought, no way that's true, because we would have had more catastrophe on the uh, cruise ships. And so Already, I pulled apart the yeah. model. I pulled apart the uh, Imperial College model. I applied their data inputs to the data uh, the demographics from the cruise ships, and we should have had 155 deaths on the cruise ships if their model was right, and we had 10 out of 7,400 people, and they were all elderly, and so it made me think this is, and then a couple of days later, we locked down, you know, California first, yeah. and then a couple other states, and uh, well, and then look, we look, were we on our way. It, look, we, before, before the, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve, we were all already starting to social distance we were starting to not go out we were starting to not go to restaurants because we wanted to use a little bit of personal responsibility and a little bit of our own smarts as americans do and say okay well you know man then i'll just need if it's going to be if it's going to come and it's going to be bad then it's going to and it's going to be worse than the flu i know i'm not supposed to make that comparison but then we'll you know we'll back off a little bit and then we went into this 15-day curve willingly you know 15 day to flatten the curve willingly and then right. it was like well then we're going to lock it all down that hurt that hurt a lot right uh yeah absolutely right and, and you know one thing in the comparisons to the flu so if if there's anything we're lucky about uh we'll use the term kind of loosely but um is that uh COVID-19 is an uh it has sort of an asymmetric impact compared to the flu where if you if you're really healthy and and you know under 50 or 60 you're at less risk than the flu if you are um you know older than 70 and you've got uh, certain comorbidities issues, yeah. uh, you know two or three, and we know what those are by now um it, it is worse than the flu uh yeah. so but but in a way what's sort of gifted about this is we can identify those at risk easier than you can with the flu um hey jeff would you mind um you guys have done some excellent coverage on this. I followed a lot of your reporting. Uh, and so one thing I think that might be a little different to discuss um, that a lot of people don't talk about is the media impact on all this. I think it's easy to kind of pick on okay. um, blue state leaders and, uh, and sure. you know, Democrats and politicize yeah, it. But, definitely is. But I really feel like the fuel, the engine behind this isn't the politics of it it's really the media the media is given the politics the green light michael we've talked i mean if if you're if you are familiar with you know the network and the shows and even the show you know the couple shows that i'm a part of i mean we definitely have talked about that and it's the the hypocrisy on that is incredible and i know i keep using incredible in it i don't think it means incredible anymore but yes michael go ahead it's all you you have the floor yeah, so I, I think uh, what, what you're seeing in so many places, you're seeing even in, in, uh, 
in uh, states like, you know, like Texas, a, a predominantly conservative area, uh, and certainly North Dallas, where I live. And you've, you've genuinely got people that are afraid, uh, <laughs> even know. if they're conservatives. I mean, really, sincerely, they're not, they're, I know. It's not politicized. They're really afraid to sit indoors in some restaurants. Um, they're, you know, uncomfortable going shop, you know, different things like that. I've got a couple hardcore Second Amendment conservative friends that haven't come over to my house to play poker in, in, in six months. Uh, out of fear and it's but my liberal friends are coming over you know couple, you know a couple times a month so right. it's it, it, there's genuine fear out there and so you know an example of that is you see what's going on in wisconsin where there's a bit of a panic right now and certainly cases are spiking in wisconsin but hospital capacity is at 6.6 percent um covid patients to total uh, beds available that's not a panic situation and right. so what what you saw early on in the spring was sort of a symmetric or a parallel flow between cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. This yes. kind of time around, you know, partly our treatments have gotten better and things, and younger people are getting infected. You're not seeing that same parallel. You're seeing high cases, but, but kind of a, um, a much lower, flatter hospitalizations and fatalities. Well, and so really, there's so much good news. Right, really. I mean, that would be expected if the people who are under the window age are going back out and involving themselves with other humans you're going to have more cases but they're younger and so they're not going to get hospitalization right i mean we that should be expected yeah and you know scott atlas uh has done some really good uh commentary on this thank goodness there's a voice of reason in, in the uh in the white house and, uh, and so when you, you talk about things like herd immunity, and some people are really bashing that, and it's crazy because there's no other explanation for what's happening in the entire Northeast, in New York City. I mean, they're talking about relocking down New York City. Yeah. There are statistically 0% COVID hospitalizations for three months. Statistically zero. I mean, it's, it's you know, compared to beds, it's, it doesn't even measure. Right. And how do you justify locking down and closing schools and things like that when, you know, to your point, you want to flatten the curve, but we're so beyond that. Now it's like we need to get to an absolute zero. That's an unrealistic well, expectation oh, for yeah. you. I mean, they've wanted, look, they, they, they moved, the, the line has been moved, uh, from, and it started, I don't know, the, the line really moved, I don't know, three weeks ago maybe when they started, when we started talking about the vaccine uh, and whether to get, whether or not to get the vaccine. And then once they, you know, beat that horse down with, uh, well, I don't know that I trust Trump and, you know, maybe or not, we not take the vaccine. And then we reached a point where the vaccine isn't going to be, uh, well, if you take the vaccine, you're still going to get sick. It might not work. And it's only going to, it's not going to work for everybody. So then the, uh, the people who want to keep things locked down said, well, we can't unlock down until everyone's going to be safe. Well, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, and, and you know, thank goodness, uh, you, clearly you follow this stuff, and so Sinatra Gupta and a, and a couple other um, leading epidemiologists uh, got together and, uh, uh, and have been on kind of the interview circuit lately, but, but Gupta has really been, since, since the Imperial College model came out, has been saying this thing's overblown, lockdowns are bad, and herd immunity is your only way out, and again, you're seeing that in a lot of different areas uh, of the country. You're seeing it in Michigan. You're going to see it in Texas, you know, over time. Uh, over time means, you know, this quarter. Uh, and, and, and getting that resistance for this, I mean, people on Twitter, you can tell that when you try to 
share some reality data. There's big resistance. Oh, there's a lot of resistance. Yeah, you, you get you you grow under fire right away. I mean, that's that's social media, right? And and the the social media uh, companies themselves are helping with that push. Uh, you, know, you know, no question. You know. Well, I mean, like a couple great examples of this. I remember, clear, you, you would remember the Sturgis bike rally, right? And there was an yes. article that came out that was absurd, saying there might be 250,000 and uh, cases out of this and a billion dollars yeah. or 1.4, something like that. And then nobody follows up that, you know, within three weeks, which is when it would have hit. If it was going to hit, it would hit within 21 days. Um, nothing happened. And there's no like, follow-up <laughs> reporting to that. And then you see, you know, uh, MSNBC was freaking out over uh, about, uh, five or six weeks ago, a Jacksonville high school that was filled up in the stands, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's going to be a super spreader event." And then nothing happened, and no follow up. I know. So thank. So I really feel like uh, Florida opened up going to full capacity at stadiums. All eyes will be on Florida for the next thirty days. Oh, no question. And they they want to uh, go after DeSantis anyway, the governor. Uh, you know, I mean, he's. His what was it? His one line was calling uh, people that uh, don't believe in this. Gosh darn it! I thought I had it here where he talked calling them uh, equivalent to. Fl- oh yeah, uh, uh, if you advocate school closures, uh, you're the flat earthers of our day. I mean, he wants to open things back up now. Yeah, and so you know, and Christy Noem's done a great job, but Christy Noem yes. doesn't have a power state like like DeSantis does. No, she uh, although she's done some great leadership, uh, and and you know, DeSantis has has. Uh, the way that he stood up to this and uh and what you're seeing now is you're seeing about four percent you compare california and florida right uh four percent of hospitalizations in california are covid 3.8 percent uh in florida are covid now to me those are the same numbers right so that's that's statistically the same but one's locked down and one's free and watch over 30 days you're going to see similar numbers in parallel and the reason is the lockdowns don't work but the kind of opening this up and allowing a little bit of spread and everybody to kind of get through this curve, that's the way out of this. And I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine that people don't understand that. And the media doesn't, the, a lot, most of the mainstream re- media sources just don't report on that. Do you feel, uh, we're talking to Michael Beatrice, uh, author of uh, COVID-19 lockdowns on trial. Do you feel like uh, it, we, it will reach a point where we'll, the, the madness will stop uh, or because look, you dove into the numbers. The numbers obviously don't lie. You can make them say, I guess, different things like we see all the time, but they really don't lie. And we see hospitals. You know, we saw hospitals here in Texas. Uh, you know, close down the COVID nineteen wings, the coronavirus wings, because they got nobody. We're ready. Oh yeah, ready. I mean, I mean, Baylor Scott was ready to. You're here. Baylor Scott was ready to lay off. Um, you know, hundreds of doctors in June if things didn't open up. I mean, when this thing was going on in April, I decided to write this book around April, the first week of April. And I was telling my friends, I, I'm studying the data a lot, hardcore, this thing's going to unwind by May 1st. It did kind of unwind by May 1st, but yeah. um, and we did open up a little. I'm shocked that, uh, Jeff, that we're still in this situation. I'm shocked. I know. Well, look, uh, we're, se- we're seeing uh, the numbers rise in Europe. Uh, I don't know about the hospitalizations again because we we know that you know I have the numbers are on the rise. So and we see that the numbers again, like you say, are on the rise in different areas. We talked to our man in Canada today. He was walking into a press conference where they're getting ready to lock down other areas because the numbers are increasing. And that's the right. same thing that's happening. You know, we're, we're nobody is taking all the data and saying the problem Wait. is. 
We, the real problem with this, this these analytics, uh, particularly in the media, but what our policy, what our leaders are, are basing decisions on, is cases uh, has is almost a meaningless number because a so many people are getting forced into testing and they're asymptomatic, and then you've got amplification that that would enable. Um, about a 50% false positive, and you've also got people that are multiple tested. So when you see these case numbers, they could include the same person a couple times. Uh, and so you've got death counts that are also, uh, you know, they've got about a 50% wiggle room in terms of accuracy and timeliness. Hospitalizations is the truest of those three numbers to really monitor. And to me, I don't know how, in the spirit of your opening statement on flatten the curve, if your hospitalization capacity on COVID is under um, even 15%, let alone at the four, five, six range. I don't know how you answer to that, how you justify it. I don't know either. Michael Beatrice, I know uh, I could talk to you longer. I should have talked, brought you on earlier. Uh, the book COVID-19 Lockdowns on Trial. Uh, I'll talk to you again. Uh, I'm coming up against the clock here. I appreciate it, Michael. Thank you very much. And uh, Thank you, know, you so much. Hey, keep your head down and wear your mask. Don't. You <laughs> That's <it>. right. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thanks, I appreciate Jeff. it. All right, Michael Beatrice. Uh, the book COVID-19 lockdown on trial. We are in a very, very strange place. Uh, you know that. You know that as well as I do. And for those of you that still believe in personal responsibility and if it's your choice, and if you want to be the guys that don't want to go over to Michael's house and play poker, great, no problem. But I shouldn't be mandated to stay in my house and not be able to go over to Michael's house and play poker, right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Isn't that the way the United States, isn't that why we left those nasty sons of guns over there on the other side of the ocean? Yes, it is. We didn't want that anymore. I hope that it still holds true. I want it to still hold true. Please, dear Lord, make it so that it still holds true. All right, we're coming up. That's the end of this program already. Steve Day's program wrapping up already on a Friday. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. We'll see you uh, next time whenever Steve decides that he's <laughs> hey, he's too good for you people. He's not coming in. So, I mean, I don't know when that's going to be, but, you know, when it is, I'll be here for you. Other than that, check me out on Chewing the Fat podcast uh, every day. You can be a subscriber and change your life by subscribing to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's just that simple. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.